This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and the other person who is on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Instead of asking how are you, I think for this uh, festive themed episode, I am going to ask you if clouds were actually made of marshmallows and uh, you were on a a high place and Mm -hmm. you, you could reach up and eat the marshmallow cloud, would you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Am I not supposed to? <laughs> I, this isn't a pop quiz where I have the correct answer. I'm asking you a question. Do I have hot chocolate to put it in? Sure. The, yeah. Yeah. One totally. cloud is made of marshmallows and then it's raining hot chocolate, which actually sounds <laughs> dangerous. I mean, if I could just put up my mug underneath the marshmallow cloud and it would rain a little hot chocolate. And oh, then, yeah. Like just a little dollop on top. Yeah. Absolutely. I like the marshmallow cloud that looks like so exciting and fun and then it rains hot chocolate and people are like, this is great. And also it burns. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have a mug ready at all times. (laughs) This should be an interesting uh, episode because we're going to dive into uh, holiday movies, which is a great topic. Uh, But it is the mood I'm in anyway. Holiday movies so get me thinking about this balance uh, between like uh, the marshmallow beauty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the marshmallow saccharin and the uh, then the desire to undercut it with a burning hot chocolate <laughs> and how holiday movies that hit that sweet spot of uh, really honest sincerity and showing people who really need a light in the dark time and, and do they get it? And my, that's what I think a lot when I think about holiday movies. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, I want to start where we always do. Do you have any holiday movie caveats? Do you have anything that you feel you must tell the listening public before we get into this? I'm sure I do, but I'm, um, I'll am i announce them when I think of them. <laughs> All right. That is a plug for future caveats. Uh, for myself, I'll just say that uh, I don't have a complete education in holiday movies. I have some actually glaring omissions. I went through when I was putting uh, notes and thoughts together for this episode uh, and kind of looked at uh, several lists of classic holiday movies and like elf i've never seen elf which is absurd yeah and every time i sit down to watch it i like i know i'm gonna like this because there's so many people i respect who like it it's a classic uh but then i'm always just not quite in the mood or whatever kind of thing so uh, i'll watch elf there that's my caveat uh watch elf this is not a completist (laughs) podcast this is us just enjoying uh the movies and the thoughts that we enjoy about them so let's dig in Sarah, I want to ask you, what makes something a holiday movie for yourself? Is it the setting? Is it the subject matter, the tone, the message, a mix of all of it? What? I think for me, it's a mixture. Um, it, I mean, it, some part of it should take place around the holidays, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I think for me, it's not just just having like, oh, it's you know late December in. <laughs> The context, it to me is not enough. Yeah, it needs the the um, the spirit of the holidays. Sometime somehow needs to kind of imbue the film. Okay, with with something. And for you, what is the spirit of the holiday that needs imbuing? Oh well, that's where it's fun and interesting. Is it can be <laughs> right? Everything else is boring. <laughs> But it can be like, oh, you know, the idea of like, yes, let's all remember that we're part of the same world and like that kind of the holiday spirit. Or it can be the, oh, this is the time of year. We're all supposed to be happy and I'm not. And how mm. do I deal with that? And, and how I, do I get there? Yeah. Or not. And, yeah. you know, deal with that. Or, you know, I feel like there's so many different elements of, um, you know, kind of all of our our cultural expectations around the holidays, around Christmas in particular. Um and and I think that and to me, that's part of what's interesting is how can some of the movies that to me work really well, um, they aren't necessarily like every scene is about getting ready. Like it's not necessarily about the countdown, although that could be part of it. But there's some of um, like the holiday magic mm. that seeps in and affects it, whether for good or ill. Right. Oh, so, okay. Well, I'm very excited to talk uh, more about the ill part of this. <laughs> uh, but I understand what you're saying in terms of setting. 
there are the kinds of movies that if it's explicitly Christmas or Thanksgiving, it's it's at the family function. It's shopping for presents. It's walking through the activities or something like Elf, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I have not seen. But it's clearly it's involved in the actual uh, structure. <laughs> what with elves and Santa and all that. Uh, so there's that really explicitly Christmassy. But you're also open to something being a holiday movie where somebody is trying to reconnect with hope, empathy, kindness, all these great emotional things, and it just happens to be December. I mean, or more yeah, explicitly, I mean, there's there are lights in the background, <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb here and be and say that the writers did that intentionally. <laughs> that, um. that just <laughs> Look, I meant for this to happen the 4th of July, but we just uh, ended up shooting in front of a Christmas tree lot, and there you go. I mean, and weirder things have happened, but I, I, I need there to be some intentionality, but just having, like, one scene that takes place in front of, you know, like, oh, there's, you know, people ice skating in front of the tree at Rockefeller Center. Is that enough? Maybe, maybe not. It kind of, to me, just one scene, if there isn't more to the film that is somehow reflective of holidays or holiday spirit or something about that time of year. Yeah. Not quite. I'm not sure if I want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway yeah. and see how it turns out. I'm going to enter the Die Hard discourse. <laughs> so for me, for, for my money, uh, Die Hard is a movie that takes place uh, during the holidays for explicit plot reasons of that's when the building is vulnerable to mm-hmm. uh, the attack, right? Uh, it's also sets up a sort of fish out of water, uh, situation for the hero and it sets up, uh, the sort of fractured family and the film does have an element of a light in a dark time. I mean, the building is actually lit like a candle when the upper levels explode. Uh, and also, (laughs) (laughs) but more importantly, uh, there is a, a, a bit of a, uh, healing of the fractured relationship, uh, in the marriage. Uh, so I, you could make arguments that a lot of the elements are there. It is it is Christmassy for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of a story of uh, hope and healing mm-hmm. <laughs> by the end. But then there's been so much discourse of it's funny to say it's your favorite Christmas movie because it's a violent action adventure movie. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Do you think it, it for you just personally... Does it have the ingredients that you listed? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there are, and I know that for some people for a holiday movie, they want it to have a happy ending or, you know, or truly be like, yeah, it's got to be sitting, you know, at some point people have to be sitting down at the table for a meal, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever, like Rudolph has to be in it. Yeah. Um, but for me, it absolutely does for many of the reasons that you mentioned. And also I feel like there's the, the idea of, um, for the most part, selfless acts of our main character, which yeah. is one of, to me, one of the themes of the holidays is the idea of selfless selfless acts or doing things for other people. Mm. Um, building community. Building community or... Um, if you, <laughs> I didn't mean that as a pun in the case of Die Hard. <laughs> There's a community in the building, literally. But anyway. Yeah, but... Um, um yeah absolutely sorry, sorry. <laughs> totally i had a point but it's gone i am so the sorry train has left the station yeah that was my fault and i apologize we'll see <laughs> if we can get in the holiday spirit get uh the idea to come back yeah uh yeah so you were talking about um the importance of building community if it has that spirit yeah yeah and um you know somebody who has they're sharing what, in this case they're sharing what they have which is they're not being held at gunpoint um, <laughs> and they have skills to be able to call, you know, the other police and set all these traps and all, you know, all of the things that happen in Die Hard and it's yeah. been a while um, for the good of others, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a, it's a bonkers way of looking at like, okay, well we want to, um, you know, make sure people who maybe don't have a lot this year, um, make sure they have food. Yeah. It, this Make sure like, they're freed from criminals. Right? Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a bonkers reimagining of that kind of general thematic idea that to me is one of the themes of the holiday season. Yeah. But it takes that idea and it reimagines it. So for me, it works. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. I really love this. I, I think you have made a very good point and take it seriously. And it's also really funny to list. Like what I have to give is I know how to set traps. 
Like if there had been four wise people, (laughs) we have gold, frankincense, myrrh, and the fourth one knows how to set traps. Hope the kid likes this. I got dynamite. (laughs) I got dynamite. (laughs) Frank, golden sense, myrrh, and dynamite I've taken from the criminals. Uh, Great fun as always. Yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm aligned with you. I for me, I want there to be. I want it to be aesthetic, right? Like Mm -hmm. that you can't watch the film for very long without being reminded just aesthetically mm-hmm. of that feeling of lights of home of you know uh, just kind of the uh, uh uh iconography of the holiday mm. times so setting matters to me mm-hmm. and then i think it, you you can stretch really far what a holiday movie is if you get too open with uh what themes you accept but yeah hope empathy i, I love the way you talked about uh building community uh giving of yourself I think for me, I know I've uh, rambled on on other uh, episodes of the podcast we've done around the holidays about Christmas, particularly kind of our our modern cultural, larger secular Christmas. Uh, I know it is religious for many people, but our larger cultural secular Christmas Mm -hmm. just being about that kind of ancient need for we are in the dark times and we are going to be in the dark times here for a while. And what we need is that light in the darkness to help us keep going and that is sometimes literal (laughs) but so emotional and i think a movie that taps into that feeling of oh man things are rough and here is this bit of relief i need those are the ones that really resonate for me Mm -hmm. um all right so uh i want to ask you about your childhood as always mm-hmm. <laughs> uh what holiday I had one. you did have one uh what holiday movies do you remember making an impact as a kid like what did you yeah. see as a kid and what did you go like oh that's my internal definition of what a holiday movie is yeah yeah i mean for me the the big two are um the grinch mm. and rudolph oh so not movies though but tv specials for being pedantic oh well yeah but that's fine. We don't need it. I'm not going to be pedantic. I'm, go go for it. Tell me a little I, bit about that experience. Yeah. I mean, and I think um, part of it is you and I have talked about this uh, recently without microphones in front of us of, you know, it was a time when, you know, we didn't have a VCR. No, nobody had a VCR. Those were um, for very, very rich people. <laughs> and so, so you didn't just watch. So the movies that you watched were on TV. And I know right. that those are made for TV, so that's different. But um, but to me as a kid, whether I saw The Wizard of Oz when it was on TV or I saw The Grinch, um, Who Stole Christmas when it was on TV, like it was the same thing. That was a movie. It wasn't <laughs> it was Saturday a morning. Special cartoons. presentation, like they used to say, right? With right. The logo and everything. A yeah. special presentation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to me, that was, you know, bec- and they were on TV they were aired or they were, you know, broadcast. So you had to watch it the day that it was on. Um, and... It was water cooler talk at uh, school the next day. Well, <laughs> it was so much. Um, I remember like when I was really little, we would watch them. And then I think some years, you know, we got older and probably had choir concerts or whatever. And so would, you know, I would be like, oh, well, it's almost Christmas. Is it going to be time for the Grinch soon? And, you know, my parents would be like, Oh, well, that was on TV two weeks ago and we didn't watch it. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Flip the table. <laughs> Flip the festive holiday table. <laughs> Candles everywhere. Yeah. So um, so those are definitely the two big ones for me. I don't remember. I, I honestly have no idea what the first like holiday movie in a theater that I saw was. Wow. So, I mean, movies like It's a Wonderful Life came to this level of prominence as a holiday movie because it was played on TV a lot. Uh, did you ever see It's a Wonderful Life on television when you were a kid? Um, not until later. Okay. Yeah. When you say later, what do you mean? Like, were we married? <laughs> <laughs> I don't honestly remember when I first saw it, but okay. I think um, maybe a teenager, probably in my 20s. Okay. I think it was probably in my 20s. Okay. So now I've seen it many times. Yes, you have, because I like it. We'll talk about it. Uh, Grinch, and mm-hmm. what was the other special presentation that you said? The Rankin Bass uh, Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I think I was being, uh, I'll be honest, I think I was being a little pedantic when I put this list together oh. of uh, but that that is not on you this is i'm talking about me uh holiday i was thinking about holiday movies and i honestly i think the where the pedantic was coming from is kind of trying to limit the scope so i didn't for myself spend uh 18 hours <laughs> listing and researching and remembering every television special because there's 
so many. Uh, but I love that you brought it up. I'm just being honest, a little behind uh, <laughs> behind the curtain of my mind. Um, yeah, because you make such a good point about special presentation. I think I was thinking of this from the perspective of like, now we have like so much at our fingertips. And it's like, what from pretty much the entire history of cinema do you consider a holiday movie and watch with a click of a button? Uh, so it, it, that huge amount of choice. But you're right when we were young the difference between a movie and a, a really special presentation. It feels like a big deal to me now because I'm like, The Grinch is what, like 20 minutes? Uh, and is that, that all? I, I, I it, think of it as like an hour and a half. Right. Sure well, it's not. it was probably this epic you know, a thousand commercials. Grinch got two words out and they went to another commercial. Who knows? I, I don't remember off the top of my head how long it actually is. Uh, I think it is a half an hour time slot. Yeah, Could be wrong. Probably. Uh, so now in my life, that seems like a big difference. But you're so right that as a kid, it was just something special. And in particular, I loved Grinch. I loved that voice. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Right. Um, and I think, you know, having that little bit of like starting from that point of a little bit of, you know, darker of like this cranky guy who doesn't like all the noise and then, you know, getting to a happy place. That was good. I liked it. Loved it. Uh, but the Rankin Bass, those were like utterly magic because it was so visually different and it so stayed in your imagination. And, you know, if you heard those sounds and saw that weird animation mm -hmm. to me as a kid, that meant uh, that soon you'd be eating special food and opening presents, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah I still, yeah, I'll look, I, if I see a Rankin Bass cartoon, I think there is a part of my like deep memory brain that means like within a couple of weeks I might get a Star Wars toy because <laughs> it's so associated with uh, with childhood memories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for me it was definitely all of those specials. And then the only movie that seemed like a really big deal, because I think I probably did see It's a Wonderful Life when I was a kid, but with like 8,000 commercials. So it probably took seven hours to watch and I probably didn't entirely get it, uh, but saw it as a kid. Um, but, uh, a Christmas story, mm. which was, you know, relatively new, but then it, it made its way to television and became, you know, so, uh, influential there. That was one of the early films where even though it was kind of set in, you know, is set in earlier times than I grew up, uh, but it still kind of marched through the build up to the holidays from the perspective of a child. And it was one of the first things I, th I saw that I think felt a little bit like movies could not just be utter fantasy, but could actually <laughs> be somewhat realistic to my life. Mm. Because just seeing that perspective of the kid who really wants something specific and is, you know, talking to Santa and parents and trying to make it happen and getting bullied at school and like all these different problems and, you know, trying not to swear in front of their parents, you know, <laughs> the normal kid stuff. Uh, there's definitely some parts of that movie that have dated very poorly and uh, or aged very poorly. And I, I want to acknowledge that. But as a kid, that one was meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever? I, I think we watched it together. Yeah. I didn't see A Christmas Story until uh, until I was a full grown adult. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure the first Christmas movie that I saw or holiday movie that I saw in a theater was Home Alone. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, we'll, I'm going to follow up on that in just a yeah. second. <laughs> I saw uh, other holiday movies that we'll talk about more later, but um, but I think in a theater, like new release, yeah. would have been Home Alone. Okay. All right. Uh, we will get back to that. I yeah. wanted to finish one oh. uh, final A Christmas Story thought. Please, yes. We, My family watched that when, when it came up on television. Is it, it became a sort of tradition to the point where my brother and I did an inverted uh, version of it because uh, my dad, uh, you know, has uh, had guns over the years, uh, always very, very safely uh, taken care of, all that stuff. Um, but he had grown up it, it, around in a rural area, and that was a thing that kids did. Uh, and he, I remember him telling us about that and how he wanted a BB gun. So we actually did buy him a replica Red Rider BB gun, and, like, it reenacted the movie one Christmas of uh, all the presents we were put out, but we had hid that one and did the thing that uh that Ralphie's parents do like I think hey dad I think there's one more behind the tree and like 
redid the whole thing. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that that's a nice memory uh, for that movie that, again, I acknowledge has some problems. Uh, so let's, yeah, let's move into the present. I'm, I'm really curious about your Home Alone experience. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, this is going to be a short conversation because I don't remember much <laughs> about it. Um, but I, I remember, I mean, it, it, it was in the, it was new. Yes, it was because it was when it was in the movie theater. That's how things work. But, um, you know, I think the, here's what made me think of it is you talking about um, kind of the perspective of the kid and the perspective of the, the kid home alone, you know, trying to not, you know, to stop the people from breaking in and all that. And I don't think I've seen Home Alone again since then. I think I have only seen it once as well. Yeah. So I actually remember the details of it. Uh, not at all. <laughs> um, I just remember kind of big picture, probably things that I've read about it since then. <laughs> uh, rather, but that, but it was, but it was, um, but I do remember that feeling of like, oh, this is about a a kid at Christmas. Yeah. Being a different sort of thing than, um, you know, like more of the cartoons or things like the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Right. Um, and, you know, or the ones I've already mentioned or some of the more classic movies that were about adults. Right. Exactly. It's easier for a younger person to uh, maybe relate to uh, Home Alone than uh, to It's a Wonderful Life. You know, when you get stuck <laughs> dealing with a bank and loan, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, savings alone, not a bank. Uh, yeah, so I Home Alone, I think my family rented, and I only watched it begrudgingly. Oh, interesting. Because I was really not sure. And thought, eh, some of it was funny, but, you know, I, I was uh, young and resistant to things that I thought were too cute and resistant to things that were, like, uh, really popular because uh, I, I was concerned that they'd be too obvious or too broad or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, that, that, yeah, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it when the kid hit those guys. <laughs> uh, and I would be happy uh, to revisit it at some point. So what are some of your, if you had to name two favorite holiday movies, mm -hmm. what would they be? It's so hard for I me. know. So hard. Okay. So one is always going to be um, the other movie that I have not talked about so far, which is White Christmas. Yeah. Which um, is another one that I, I do not remember when I first saw it, but that is absolutely like formative for me. Um, and that is always going to be a favorite of mine. Yeah. So, so let's talk, we'll get to the second one. Let's okay. talk about White Christmas for a few minutes. Yeah. So for people who maybe haven't seen White Christmas, uh, how would you sell it? What's your, what's your log line? <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so it's about two, um, two performers who are on the road and, um, they, one of them decides that he wants a break for the holiday season. So he, uh, tricks the other one into <laughs> going um up north to vermont and uh funny shenanigans ensue like they run into these two sisters who also are going going there are they convinced to go there and they happen to know the owner of the inn who was their general back when they're in the army which is where the movie starts and it brings out all the good kindness of you know kindness of their hearts because their things aren't going great for the general and uh they get to put on a show and <laughs> it snows i think they have hot chocolate at some point probably warm milk i don't know yeah um, it is so powerful and effective in its songs when you say the word sisters and snow it's hard for me to not start <laughs> attempting to sing those words right right and i think i i don't remember you know i think i had seen it fairly early and then hadn't seen it for a while um, and it also just has a lot of actors that I um, have always been been big fans of, such as uh, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and Rosemary Clooney and Vera Ellen. And uh, the lady who is the, I'm not going to remember her name, but she's the, um, like the person who works at the front desk. And mm. I had seen her in other things, uh, Margaret something. And she's like famous character actress from that time period. And uh, so that was super fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. White Christmas for me is great because it really scratches that itch that I talked about of like that really uh, needing a respite, really needing that light in the darkness, that great opening scene of like, we're in the middle of a literal war zone, but we're trying to hold on to something here is such a powerful way to start it and it's it's got a lot of fun and uh frolicking energy and great performances uh but the heart of it is things are not going well at mm -hmm. this end right and it, this uh this light in the darkness is really really needed 
So those stakes being nice and high are mm-hmm. really, really great. Um, yeah, and I I don't think I saw it until you and I watched it together. I that's my I don't think you had seen it before. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think the first time that you and I watched it, we didn't actually finish it. Uh, because I think you were visiting Minneapolis uh, from when you were going to school in London. And I think you we tried to finish watching it, but I think you had to leave for the airport. Oh, maybe. Because I have this extremely strong sense memory. We've watched White Christmas many times together all the way through, and it's lovely. Uh, but that particular visit, uh, you had come home from London. It was three months until I was going to be able to come live with you for a little while, but we had got engaged. So my now fiance was leaving we hadn't quite finished watching this christmas movie and i and you hadn't finished eating a burrito that we got (laughs) so i remember getting your half finished burrito out of my now lonely apartment and finishing watching white christmas alone while eating the rest of your burrito oh yeah so it's a bittersweet memory (laughs) i mean that's kind of a whole bunch of Christmas and holiday feelings right there, right? It really was. I was in my burrito feelings, yes. Sometimes you're happy and with other people, and sometimes you're sad and alone. (laughs) Well, and it was, and I enjoyed the movie, and I remember thinking, I can't wait until we can watch this all the way through together, which we have done many times since. Yeah. Uh, All right, great. So White Christmas is one of your favorites. What's uh, one of your others? The other one, I honestly, it varies depending on the year. Um, uh, Yeah. So are, you, are you on our podcast giving me a no comment? Is that what's happening here? I mean, I mean, I just, it's so hard because like, ah. I understand. So because I'm so torn between things like um, Grinch and Rudolph, maybe not movies, um, classics like Miracle on 34th Street and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Or um, other ones that are like, weird but means something to us like i just i have such a hard time with filling that second spot okay okay so you have a lot of runner-ups i have i have it's a rotating cast depending on the year here's this each year i will choose a second favorite (laughs) okay good we'll we'll release a five minute bonus episode every year (laughs) letting listeners know what your second favorite holiday movie is this year <laughs> well, let me talk a little bit about um, my favorites and see if uh, if that shakes out a second one for you, or or we can be done. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, this was it was hard mm-hmm. for sure. It's a Wonderful Life is a big deal for me because I think I saw it as a kid, and I think I remember kind of liking it, but maybe not fully getting all of it, getting kind of enough understanding enough to know some like the jokes growing up, and then I remember watching it. I think because I wanted to do a sketch about it because it was. I knew all these different beats from culture and from uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch. That's the, uh, have you ever seen that Saturday Night Live sketch? That's the next five minutes after the movie ends. Oh, I don't know if I have. It's it's dark, but it's funny of, uh, you know, George Bailey is happy because he has the money. And then uh, every the the crowd finishes singing and then just kind of gets riled up into violence and says, let's go kick old man Potter's ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny in a dark way. Uh, anyway, so I think I watched it in, you know, now I was like a young adult and just kind of mesmerized by what the movie really was. Because mm-hmm. it had turned in my mind, it's a holiday classic. It's uh, Frank Capra. It's feel good. It had mm. turned in my mind to feel good. And it is ultimately. But the reason it's probably my number one favorite is it earns its feel good so much by really going to some dark places and some honest places and not like gritty so the kids will like it but like just really truly like this is that that feeling we all get when we're just at the end of our rope and need that not only that help not the literal i mean the literal help is great that it's you know at this point now an ancient joke that it's a wonderful life is a massive gofundme movie that's the actual resolution and that's actual help and it it really matters right but it's also the emotion of I am so stressed and I'm so at the end of my rope that I lost sight of the fact that I have given a lot to other people and that what's reciprocated is not a GoFundMe, but what is reciprocated is this great amount of love, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that the film earns that light in the darkness so well, besides just being like great drama, really funny. I think the emotions of it are 
timeless of that his longing for adventure mm-hmm. but needing to stay home to to help other people and that push pull that we all have between you know what do we want versus what is how can we best help others and help our community and uh th- this will be my star wars mention for the podcast just kind of deep diving as we do on force center into like what is the philosophy of a jedi like george bailey is a jedi <laughs> <laughs> he decides to really do what is needed. He, he, he finds fulfillment ultimately by doing what he can to help the people, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it's a wonderful life. Huge. Did I mention it's funny? It's really funny. I think <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's a wonderful life. And then I was also torn in terms of naming a, a second uh, favorite film um, between another classic that you mentioned, um, the original uh, Miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. which is also a film that I think just lodged in my head. It's like, yeah, it's a feel-good classic. And then we rewatched it recently, and it's also a movie that really earns <laughs> its, uh, its uh, kindness by the end because it is people having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that movie is so funny. I forgot how funny young Natalie Wood is with just the amount of just like, like, we rewatched it a couple of years ago and I immediately went onto Twitter and was like, there's got to be gifts of like all those Natalie Wood expressions, right? Where she's like, <laughs> yeah, you're Santa, right? Like that face, amazing. Uh, so much about it that's funny. It's also kind of close to my heart because I got to do a uh, stage version of it. That's one of my favorite things that I did um, where they, they uh, the uh, theater that I performed at, um, the woman who co-owns it and runs it and directed a lot of the shows, uh, great time working with her and she did an adaptation where she just kind of compressed almost all the bad guys into one guy and it was <laughs> you know the the manager and the you know the mean lawyer and everything all at once and I got to play the mean guy at Christmas and it was so fun and I basically did a Palpatine impression <laughs> <laughs> and it worked and it was fun and it was great uh, so I have fond memories uh, of that as well so torn between uh it's a miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. and then a uh, more modern movie called Home for the Holidays, which is explicitly Thanksgiving, not Christmassy time. Uh, that is uh, Holly Hunter um, is the main character, uh, Robert Downey Jr., a a pre Iron Man Robert Downey Jr., and that is just kind of a classic uh, dysfunctional family, uh, but it is this great journey again of finding. A uh, little bit of hope in a difficult time for this this person, and also really funny, and I think like really accurate with some of the kind of family dynamics that people have to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan of that one? I am. I am. I've only seen it, you know, the once that we watched it. Was it only there's, once? I've only seen it once. I think okay. you've seen it more than once. Um, so I there's many parts of it I don't remember. All right. Well, we'll watch it again. I would love that. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I can leave a half-eaten burrito in the fridge if that will uh, enhance the experience for you. <laughs> no need, no need. No, I so um so the I will I will go ahead and choose a second one for this year. Ooh, okay. Uh, because this is the one I was kind of leaning toward anyway, and maybe it will help. So here's a compromise: you can have home for the holidays as your second one, and I will take on the um, original version of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street because, excuse me, uh, yes. Miracle on 34th Street. Uh-huh. Sorry, you gave me a look and I thought I was talking nonsense. Okay. Um, the With Natalie Wood in it, because that was one of my top contenders. Okay. And that way you can have two <laughs> and I can have two. And it's a compromise. Is that helpful? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm trying to be helpful. Uh, no, we divided it up. also actually answering your question. We divided it up. It's there perfect. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, let's move on then. Uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about the nice films. How do you feel uh, about the ironic or darker movies or, or movies that kind of are, are set during the holidays, but the holidays aren't necessarily the focus? Uh, I'm talking about movies like Gremlins, very much set during the holidays, but, you know, it's a family horror comedy film. Um, or Batman Returns is set during uh, the holidays. We already talked about Die Hard, of course. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about those films? Or like Iron Man 3 is set during oh, right. during Christmas. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I enjoy them. I enjoy that movies can be set around the holidays without necessarily, you know, and be in that kind of gray area of, for some people it's like, yeah, this is one of my holiday movies. And for other people like, what now? Yeah. Um, and I, I love that variety. And I think some of them, like I was saying, you know, like we talked about plenty, 
Die Hard for me, definitely, I think of um, as both an action film and a holiday film, um, maybe partly because we often watch it around that time <laughs> here. Um, but if you had asked me when um, Batman Returns was set, I couldn't have told you. Okay, yeah, you would have been like, oh, that's one of those uh, St. Patrick's Day films with Batman, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess for you, like for viewing, for getting into the holiday spirit, right? Mm. Uh, the life is busy, things are chaotic, and you want to get into that spirit of, oh, it's getting darker earlier, we're, we're trying to be more mindful of one another, lights and presents and cocoa and marshmallow clouds, yay. <laughs> Getting that spirit. Uh, would watching something like Batman Returns get you into that spirit, or would you be d- too distracted by the the Batman of it all? Oh, I mean, no, I think it would. I'm, I absolutely, I, I think that's it's a nice mixture. I, I like the mixture because, um, much like you were saying about some of your favorite holiday films, I like I like a combination. So it's not too just like marshmallow clouds, marshmallow clouds, marshmallow clouds. <laughs> um, that I like some realism to it, but I also do like like it balanced with some like happy endings and yeah. things like that. And, we, you you know me. I don't remember uh, many movies. So yes, I, don't I understand that, that you don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> in Batman Returns. You know, uh, for a while, a Penguin is running for mayor with the motivation of uh, possibly uh, getting to have sex then. So some, you know, non-traditional <laughs> motivations, even for Batman villains. <laughs> in that film you know uh catwoman gets her powers by being uh pushed out of a window and you know right right, right. that that, there's some licking you know there's a lot of (laughs) (laughs) non-traditional elements to batman returns but it is definitely set at the holidays and and i think makes use of that it's you know it isn't just eh, it's fun yeah there's some lights in the background yeah 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 uh a movie that we have watched more recently that I'm very curious if you would consider to be a holiday movie. We watched it during the holiday season last year, and that is On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the James Bond film. Ooh. Well, let me answer this question with a comment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Wow, you are just going way out of bounds today. Um, I have never thought of it as a Christmas movie. Okay. Or a holiday movie. But now that you say that, I mean, there are some nice holiday times in it. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, that is, it is so overridden by being a Bond film. Yeah. Well, th- th- I guess that's what I'm getting at with like asking about like Gremlins is one thing because it's the first film in its little franchise and it's, it's set, it's a horror movie set uh, in the holidays. And there are a lot of horror movies yeah. set in the holidays. But for you, like if a genre is something else, like, Batman or Iron Man or James Bond for you it's always that movie first before it's a holiday movie yeah yeah and I think part of it is you know for a film because I was thinking about this for like um tv shows or for like book series if something runs for long enough they're going to have a holiday episode right but it's still what it is first right it's still an episode of cheers or friends or whatever before it's the special holiday episode yeah so I think that probably and I think for me for Die Hard because it's the first one um and you know that's when it's set in gremlins but for something like batman or iron man um that is why i tend to forget yeah that they're set around that time but it still makes it kind of a fun thing to be like theme if we want to be watching something that's holiday related um you know have our themed evening but not watch a like absolute tried and true holiday movie i yeah. feel like absolutely it's appropriate to watch as a holiday movie yeah i just don't necessarily um that would be a secondary category for me not a primary category <laughs> fair enough uh i think I, it was hard for me to not put on her majesty's secret service up there <laughs> it's yeah? one of my my picks for favorite holiday movies wow. uh yeah i mean it not all of it is set at the holidays but the part that is you know it's it's involved in the functionality of the plot with getting with Blofeld's plan to release um, poison and stuff uh, you know fun holiday stuff uh, but for me that feeling that it, it's totally subjective but for me that feeling that I like the most is like I am in such a dark place and can I find a light there is that great scene where Bond comes down off the mountain he's being chased uh, by Blofeld's agents and it's shot the the Bond films change so much on how seriously are we supposed to take the danger that 
Bond is in. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those scenes where it is shot where like Bond feels like a real human and feels like, ah, uh, I am going to be shot in the back any second. And he's going through all of the that festivity. And there's that great shot where he uh, thinks, uh, you know, an agent is behind him and it's somebody in a bear costume and he almost falls over. And he's in such this place of desperation. And that's when he runs into Tracy. Mm-hmm. And, and she's set up to be like this angel who arrived at just the right time to save him. And I think that part of it is so Christmassy within Bond and shot to feel that way of he's in the middle of this festive thing and he's in a totally different reality. Mm-hmm. And here a little bit of that sort of festive reality in the spirit of Tracy is there to to save him, to, yeah. see, his, to see him, to see his problem, acknowledge it and help him with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that is a beautiful and fits all the thematic things that I was saying at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers. The end of the film is rough, uh, yeah. so that's not super holiday. Might so. be part of why I hadn't considered it a holiday <laughs> film. Fair enough. If you stop it about three minutes before the ending, <laughs> it's a perfect holiday film. Uh, if you could, uh, thinking of Batman, uh, if you could put Batman in a more traditional holiday movie, what movie would you just stick Batman in? Ooh, um, well, I think um, I would like to see, this is one that we watched for the first time, both of us, I believe, last year, um, and it goes throughout an entire year, but does get counted often as a holiday film, even though a lot of it does not take place there. I would add him to Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> Meet Me in St. Louis is fascinating because it is on many lists. And I think partially because of the, you know, the great song, the great mm-hmm. scene. But it's explicitly like here are a bunch of different scenes from different parts of the year. Yeah. Uh, what? Where Where would Batman appear? On the trolley? On the trolley. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. Battering, battering, battering. <laughs> vengeance, vengeance, vengeance went the trolley. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Uh, I accept that. Uh, we already talked about this film. I would put Batman in Home Alone. And uh, I would make it the origin story of the latest Robin. Ooh, I like this. Kevin would become Robin. And mm-hmm. I think it would be very, very powerful. Batman's mm-hmm. just lurking in the background. He could help at any time, but he's seen that the kid's taking care of it. <laughs> Home Alone with Batman. Uh, so last year, you and I watched a couple of the uh, Hallmark Channel, very feel-good holiday uh, romance-type movies. What are the appeal of those for you? Yeah, so I, this was so much fun because I actually, um, I mean, I had watched other a variety of films, but I don't think I'd ever seen a like Hallmark holiday film before. So it, it was like, let's check this out and we're at home more so let's see what this is all about yeah it's Um, such a thing right now uh, i've seen with like social media with like hallmark is kind of like aware of like yes we pump these out like they're made in a factory and people look forward to it of like yep it's another what it's it's gonna be the same basic structure it's more about where it's set and what the shtick is yeah but i kind of know what i'm getting yeah yeah i think it's kind of it's kind of like that ability it's you have that moment when you're watching the film of being able to step inside the snow globe mm. and you get to be in that little magical little world where the snow is falling, but it's not too cold. And there's a fun, cute scene that you're in the middle of or not, if that's not your thing, like who knows what's in your <laughs> snow globe. Um, but then you get to leave it or it's kind of, you know, it's like, it's like with cozy mysteries. Um, and I think, and we watched a few. And two, yeah. Two. And one, I'll speak for myself. One I really liked. One I was really not so sure about. But after the fact, I'm like, oh, it had many nice like holiday scenes in it. I just had problems with some parts of it. But one of them I really liked. And to me, it's kind of like um, like a lot of cozy mystery series. Like some of them I like, but a lot of them I can't. Like they're just a little too saccharine for me. Okay, yeah. I think those, those were the first time that I'd given, last year was the first time I'd given the Hallmark movies a chance. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, at first quite grumbly. But I was committed to doing it. Uh, and we picked, uh, well, we picked one because we knew it would be up our alleys of it. It was a time travel one, mm-hmm. right, of uh, a, a tour guide at the house, you know, encountering the person who actually lived in, in the house. Uh, yeah, a little bit up our alley. A little bit up our alley as uh, people who have both worked as uh, as tour guides and you have run entire mansions. Um, yeah, and so that one, I, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by it. It was still that very, like, 
very comforting. You knew inside the snow globe is such a great way to say it. Uh, but it had a lot of like good jokes that are accurate to tour guide world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody was charming and it was great. Yeah, and then I think we watched one that was just set in a European place. And that was the whole thing. Is It was set in a European place. And oh, I resisted it. And it got me. <laughs> it's like if I want, if what I want in a holiday movie is a little cynicism or realism as the starting point so that the hope and the relief and the joy and the connection feels balanced mm-hmm. and feels like a relief. The experience that I had is the movie had almost no cynicism whatsoever, and I brought my own. It was a BYOC, <laughs> bring your own cynicism. I was really grumpy about it. And part of it, I think, is like, I, I don't I don't want to say that they're made ironically or that people enjoy them ironically, but I do entirely, but I do feel like there's that element to it of like, it is what it says on the tin. We are giving you a happy, safe, cozy, sometimes kind of ludicrously over the top. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that was some of the like, wow, this is so over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got me just, I think, mostly out of the charm of the performers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that makes a big difference. And I feel like they they know what works with their formula. And yeah. they have the movies being, you know, scenes that are specifically cozy or funny or maybe a little challenging but like there's something about them that kind of gives the a, a little bit of a holiday spirit yeah you know what i you know what i think i also enjoyed about it it's not like you and i were riffing it's not like we were doing mystery science theater or riff tracks to it but we were pausing and commenting to one another yes we were. and we did add a little bit of our own in our in the comfort of our home <laughs> <laughs> commentary i think we in particular there was some a presentation of the way large arts organizations work that we were both like bs <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun too that's not the way a pre-show speech would go uh <laughs> anyway right. um what utterly bizarre holiday romance hallmark type scenario would you like to happen to us in real life uh are you interested in time travel uh, being trapped in a Parisian village. What would you want to happen to us if like a real life Hallmark holiday movie situation happened to us? I mean, yes, absolutely. I want to be trapped in a time tra- a Parisian village that we've time traveled to. <laughs> um, you combined them. Right. Or like, uh, it would be fun. I think if we were trapped on an island where there was a big snowstorm, but we have shelter like a house that still has... Or like a little hut that still has power. So mm-hmm. we can still make that hot chocolate. But we're stuck there. We're snowed in on this island. You want to be uh, stuck on Snow Island. Yep, I do. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I want to be visiting uh, Edinburgh in the castle. And we actually get locked in. And we're the only tourists in Edinburgh Castle for a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's very realistic. It could easily happen. You know. People got trapped into Ikea the other day for a night, so... Oh, that's right. And you were mm-hmm. very excited when you were telling me about it. I just... I, I kind of... It seemed like the type of news story that would be up your alley, so it I was very is. excited to share it with it you. It is. There's an old radio show. I don't remember which one. I think it might be a suspense show uh, about people who live in the department store. That's I'm so fascinated by that. These The spaces that are designed to be for humans to live in and flow through or rather be in but not after a certain time that's mm-hmm. so fascinating mm-hmm. like how how are we gonna actually is the is these actually homey and yeah i wonder if they went through and picked their their favorite uh showroom display <laughs> i mean that's so this was in denmark um and that i mean the interview with the store manager was like i think just kind of a one-off comment but like yeah everybody go the bed that you've been eyeing go you're going to sleep in it tonight as long as, you know. <laughs> what if you can sign up to do that? What if you're like, I'm considering buying uh, this uh, couch, this fold-out couch in this book stand, but I need to sleep on the <laughs> fold-out couch overnight. And you could just sign up to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. The IKEA Try It Out Hotel. There we go. Um, Love Actually. Do you ever want to speak about this film again, or has there simply been too much discourse? There's been so much conversation about it. <laughs> Are you done? I mean, 
I, I'm I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> uh, your words said that you were happy to talk about it, but uh, I'm not sure if your tone or eyes uh, were on the same page. I mean, there's, um, I think in, in some circumstances, I'm happy to talk about it, but I am never going to be the one who brings it up. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay, well, I brought it up. Yeah, so I, I'll just say that uh, I think uh, love actually is a great opportunity for nuance where... There are many parts of it that I like. There are parts of it that I'm like, yeah, no, that's not, that is not great. Uh, I understand why there are such strong opinions uh, on both sides. I, I think I think for me, what I like thinking about it is a lot of holiday movies are, are going to have some baggage with them where parts of them do not age well mm-hmm. at all or weren't even great at the time they came out, uh, but they still have affected people in some way. Yeah. And I think it's also so important um, with something like Love Actually, for us, a big part of it was it was something that we watched together at a very specific time in our lives. Mm-hmm. And a part of our connection is not the film. It's the memory of the film. Yeah. And I and I always want to have respect for that because I think that's one of the fascinating things about art and storytelling is they can actually, they can absolutely be discussed, debated, analyzed as a document. That is unchanging. It exists. But also, I just love talking about them from a subjective experience. Like, you know, I'm going to mention Star Wars again. I talk to my friend Ken on on our Four Center podcast all the time about our various experiences first seeing a film. And like, he has a specific memory of the friend he saw Phantom Menace with. And that is always a part of Phantom Menace every time he sees it. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be for anyone else but it is still a part of the experience and it's still valid. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's it's beautiful that we can all kind of make uh, uh, every story is is unique to to the viewer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and along those lines, I wanted to ask you, uh, outside of Old Love, actually, are there any holiday movies that do hold a special place in your heart because of kind of where and when or how you saw them? Yeah, yeah. Well, I will first agree 100% that ups and downs and talking about it or not love actually does have a special place for me because of when we saw it um and so i would say another one for me that has a a specific place for me i've not seen it again since then and i'm so curious to see it again sometime um is the polar express Ooh, yeah i have never seen the polar express so uh, tell me about your experience yeah so um you know huge big deal because they were put what you know the mask on tom hanks and it was supposed to be (laughs) you know that like the i don't remember what the words were at the time but like basically the animation moved because of the way that tom hanks face moved but to our eyes now looks really weird yeah um so i um went and saw it and I think I've talked about this in a different context, maybe um, on this podcast or something else, but my brother and I went to go see it Mm. and um, we were both adults. There weren't that. I don't know if there's any other movies that we've just been like, Hey, let's go see this movie together. And we both lived in um, Minnesota at the time. And so we met at the um, Minnesota zoo where there was an IMAX Mm. and it was like the day before new year's Eve or something. And, we got the glasses because we wanted to get, you know, see it on the good, fun, big screen. You wanted Tom Hanks's face to fly out at you. <laughs> well, and both of us were excited about this, the technology of it. Yeah. We're like, this sounds cool. And this would be a fun thing to do, like as a brother, sister thing. And um, we got there, ended up there were only two other people in this entire, like, <laughs> giant IMAX theater. Um, and because of that, like, I honestly don't remember half the story. But I love that experience. Yeah. And so I, I really actually want to see it again. But I know a lot of people are like, yeah, The Polar Express, come on, not a good film. And I'm just like, oh, I had such a happy memory of going to see it. Like the film to me is secondary because the experience was so great. That is really lovely. And I would be happy to watch Polar Express. I'm almost more fascinated with it now that it has been years. And I kind of love watching things like this is the pinnacle of technology. But technology changes so fast. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Um. I think for me, this is a weird one, uh, but it's a very honest one. Uh, you know this story, uh, but there was a uh, Christmas towards the end of when we lived in Minneapolis, uh, and it had been a very busy time, very stressful time. 
I loved all the holiday events that we did between shows and friends and uh, family, seeing all the family events, but it could be very tiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a time where I was just really, uh, like many of the the movies I've described liking, like I was at the end of my rope. Um, And then I got food poisoning when we came home on Christmas Eve. And it was not that I didn't want to be going to all the events on Christmas Day and seeing family. I did, but I was so exhausted. And it was one of those like, oh, no, you get sick, undeniably sick at like a time that, quote, unquote, you can't because you have to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt so much pressure of like, I have to be there. And then it was food poisoning and it was awful and rough. And, you know, by the middle, uh, by like 11 a.m. the next day, it was like 7 a.m. or whatever, like I can't go anywhere. But like 11 a.m., like I still can't leave but mm-hmm. you know uh, i'm i'm done with the horrible part and now i just need to slowly heal and mm-hmm. you know shouldn't shouldn't go out uh so i remember being you went to christmas mm-hmm. you, you uh were very kind and you know got me i think like some ginger ale and made sure i was okay and i was just half asleep when you left and then i was just kind of delirious and you had set up your computer because we only had Netflix on your computer at that time. Oh, right. And like, if you wake up, you can watch, you know, here, here's, I'll set my computer up so you can watch something. You don't just have to lay here and stare at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had never seen Die Hard 2, <laughs> <laughs> which is set at Christmas. And in my subjective opinion, not an amazing film, a very weird film. It is, it's an action adventure film, but it starts out. I, there's the scene where the, it's such a uh, late 80s, early 90s vibe where, like, you're introduced to, like, how deadly the bad guy is by watching him do some sort of martial arts training in his home, artfully shot in the nude from behind. So you're, like, you're watching him do this, like, mar- these martial arts poses, his back muscles ripping, <laughs> rippling, and his, his tight buttocks. You're like, oh, no, how's the hero going to f- defeat that guy who does martial arts training in the nude? It's, like, it's so ludicrous to me uh but it was just that feeling of i i can't be anywhere else this is the only place i'm going to be and uh honestly it was a kind of relief from all of the stress Mm -hmm. including the stress of oh no i can't make it to christmas day which i was sad about and am sad about but it was just that sense of rest like my my body had forced me to rest, mm-hmm. and the friend I had there with me was uh, diehard too. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful, and you know what? As much as everybody wants you to be at Christmas, nobody wants you to be at Christmas when you have food poisoning. <laughs> uh, I think that's a classic Christmas Carol song, right? Nobody <laughs> wants you to be at Christmas when you have food poisoning. <laughs> yes, and then later that day, you came home, and and when you were done with the family Christmas, is like. It was one of the weirdest Christmases, but really nice Christmases. And I, I still remember some of the presents you got me and just uh, the catharsis. There's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Catharsis. <laughs> um, what working actor do you want to see make a classic holiday movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want a duo. Okay. I want to see in a um, modern version of like Christmas in Connecticut type mm. of film which is about a person who is uh, a writer um the i think barbara stanwick mm-hmm. was the writer um i was writing about all these amazing things that she was cooking when in reality she lived in manhattan and couldn't cook yeah so um i would like to see it you know updated so social media influencers probably uh <laughs> roles reversed with um brad pitt in the updated barbara stanwick character <laughs> and janelle bonet in the um as the other as the love interest wow that's a, so brad pitt would be an influencer mm-hmm. uh, who claims he can cook and he can't mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that uh i really like uh uh brad pitt is barbara stanwick in <laughs> christmas in connecticut yeah and who and i'm trying to remember who the other um who the lead actor was in that one i don't remember, I don't remember. yeah yeah uh, but somebody good because we both liked that film. Yeah, that a was lot. an amazing really, film. Really enjoyed that one. I think for me, my go-to answer a lot of times on an actor I want to see in more things is uh, Peter Capaldi. Always. Uh, so I want to see Peter Capaldi because his my mind came to him because he has a couple of great uh, holiday specials as uh, the Doctor. 
but I would like to see him not playing the doctor in a movie called uh, So Santa is Scottish Now. (laughs) (laughs) And just see where that goes. If you could insert Santa Claus into any non-holiday movie, what movie would you put Santa Claus in? Pitch Perfect. <laughs> uh, would uh, would he just be a fan of the singing group, or would he be in it? I think one of the judges. One of the judges. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. <laughs> uh, would he be a friendly judge, or would he be a harsh judge? Mm, I mean, it, it depends on. Uh, I think it depends on the day. I think I think Santa could be a jolly judge, <laughs> but I think that Santa, you know, if there's. Um, if life's been rough, if there hasn't been the right food around lately, I think Santa could be a grumpy judge also. I can absolutely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the film that I would put Santa in. Yeah. Uh, it would be Avengers Endgame. And toward the end, when all the portals are opening, I believe there's a line was like, is that everybody? And then there'd be one more portal. And Santa would jump out, ready to fight Thanos and his armies. Now, is it just Santa or is it Santa and the reindeer? No, it's just Santa. Okay. He's like, I'm sorry, everybody. Mrs. Claus, the elves, I've got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this all year, he says. Right. They asked for everyone. <laughs> I can do this all year. Um, can you make a noise to sum up your interest in holiday movies? <laughs> Sorry, I started laughing, and that actually is a pretty good sound. Yeah, um, yeah. So let me do a real sound. Okay. Um, ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. That's the bell. Jingle 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 jingle. I know. I just really like that you didn't say jingle jingle jingle. You said jing ding ding, which I think is great. We need some creativity. <laughs> we need a little bit of variety around the holidays, right? Right. Jing ding ding, everybody. <laughs> Uh, do you think I'll ask you for a scale but first I just want to ask you do you consider yourself obsessed with holiday movies I think in the last few years at the holiday times yes yeah the rest of the year no yeah it's not something that I think about um, January you know like 5th through middle of November yeah but then as we're getting toward kind of middle to late November through December um in, especially, I think this was like a new obsession last year. <laughs> but even the few a few years before that, I think it's become more and more of one for me. So I would say, yes, during the holiday times, it is something that is uh, important to me and that I do think about. Yeah. In these years where we used to do like uh, tons of shows. So we just mm-hmm. were not home in December. Right. Uh, and then yeah. had had a lot of uh, holiday uh, family events and, and friend events and we have a lot of those things here, but not as much. And I feel like uh, in the last several years, we've just been ramping up the amount of holiday movies we watch. And we've watched a ton mm-hmm. that neither of us has seen before. Only one of us has. And yeah, last year, yeah, you were on a mission. I was. Uh, we watched a lot of great movies for the first time or rewatched movies. And it was great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it was, I think it was, uh, it was a way to have a special COVID Christmas. A special COVID Christmas. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe we will again. We'll uh-huh. see. Um, so I would like you to then to rate your obsession level on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. I understand that this is a seasonal obsession. Mm-hmm. So what is your, uh, seasonal rating? My seasonal rating is I'm, I'm going to give myself an eight. An eight. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, now I feel guilty that we're going out tonight when we're done recording and <laughs> <laughs> not just cuddling up with Scrooge or some other holiday movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, I am fascinated by them, uh, I think my obsession level is definitely seasonal. It's not too high. I'm six. I think I'm going to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I get very intrigued by them. Um, I think part of what it is is for years and years and years, my relationship to holiday movies and, and holiday sort of tropes was every year for various comedy shows trying to come up with kind of fresher, interesting takes on them. Mm-hmm. Because for comedy and for theater in particular, the holidays is when people came out and there's, you know, there are known tropes. And then how do you find fresh ways to subvert them? And I think for me, that's a little bit the way they lived in my mind for years and years and years Mm -hmm. is how do we how do I see something new in them? How do I approach them differently to kind of bring fresh comedy to them? Uh, And I still like to think like that, but it's also now much more fun to just be like. Uh, to watch them, enjoy them, compare them, 
eat burritos while we're watching them (laughs) (laughs) and still think about the comedy of them. So uh, I'll give myself a six and see if it goes up for the rest of the year. Uh, All right. We are on to the plugging section. Where can you be found? Mm -hmm. I can be found on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Excellent. Whoops. Sorry for the paper noise, everyone. Here are some quick plugs for the show before our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host. That's called Force Center. For info on shows, comedy albums, all kind of stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephsgrimshot.com. In particular, uh, I recorded a holiday album a while back that has a lot of uh, the uh, the sort of takes <laughs> on the famous holiday things. Uh, you can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephsgrimshaw. All right, here are final questions. Yeah. If real life was a musical, what situation would drive you to burst into song? Mm. <laughs> when I am out going for a walk um, in kind of the earliest morning, like before the world is quite waking up and like walking down the street. Absolutely. Okay. You would burst into song about uh, the day is beginning. Yeah. Like the air is fresh. <laughs> We're outside. The birds are singing. Like I, I. That's the kind of the time when I almost in like day to day in life. I'm like, yes, I want to break into song right now. Well, that would be a lovely way for me to wake up sometimes. So if you want to get up before <laughs> me and sing outside of our window, that would be uh, beautiful. <laughs> if you could have a holiday ornament of anything, what would you want an ornament of? Mm, um, a waterfall. <laughs> would it just be a little one, or would it start at the top of the tree and go all the way down? Oh, oh no, just a little one. Like just I don't want wee. it to dominate the tree. A wee waterfall. Yeah, oh, yeah, like a lovely. little like three, four inch waterfall. <laughs> all I want for Christmas is a three inch waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> so many classic carols you're inventing. Final question is always on the podcast: is what is happiness? Happiness is finding your cloud that provides your version of hot chocolate and marshmallows. That is a perfect ending. I almost just stopped speaking because I thought, that's great. I'll end the, end the podcast there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoy all the holiday movies you enjoy for whatever reason you enjoy them most. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Another movie we watched recently and we both really enjoyed is the Muppets version of Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Is there any other holiday movie that you would like or holiday story that you would like the Muppets to tackle? Ooh, yeah. I want them to do the Nutcracker. <laughs> the Muppets Nutcracker. Right? Oh, there are going to be so many explosions. Be it's so going to be fun. great. <laughs>